Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. We are in on a bank holiday Monday. That is our commitment to the cause. Hands in. Pod on three, gents. One, two, three. Pod. We could be jet washing the deck. We could be doing some... Painting the fence. Painting the fence. We could be scratching the rust off a barbecue, but we're here to talk rugby. (laughs) I hope you had a good bank holiday weekend. Uh, I'm Tim. Phil is here. Hi, Tim. JB is here. Good day. And we come off the back of a weekend of European finals and semi-finals in the case of the championship. And we come with a weekend looking forward to what is going to be a titanic battle in the Pro 12 and the Aviva Premiership. All that to talk about and much, much more. But we should start with the big story, a historic treble for Toulon. Racing Club Toulonnais, who won their third consecutive European Cup. Now, regardless of what you think about uh, the amount of money they spend on players and the Galacticos. You mean what you think about the amount of money no. they spend on players? No, I, I was about to say, <laughs> reg- yeah, regardless of the chasm between them and some other clubs and what they spend on talent, it's a, a phenomenal achievement to have got three in a row. Yeah, they yeah. are incredible. Yeah, it feels like they really are next level. Not because they're miles apart or seem to be miles apart. I mean, the Leinster game was obviously very close, went to extra time, mm. but they just always seem to be, be able to get enough yeah. And just always get over the line. And it, Yeah, it feels like if they play a team, and imagine you're playing top trumps and that team is like a five. Toulon will play at level six. If your yeah. team is level 10, they will play at level, level 11. <laughs> yeah. It always seems to be like just one step. Yeah, like like you think that Dan Bigger is. You think Dan, Bigger, Dan Bigger, I was thinking about this on the way to the studio. That's who they need. I was thinking about the, the signing for next season. <laughs> and they've got Quade Cooper. How do you put Quade Cooper into that setup? Which is actually very people don't realise this, but it's quite formulaic play which to, which to, to, Toulon use. How does Quade Cooper do, do that? I mean, you can't say, okay, it's gonna we're gonna win the ball, gonna be a quick pass, we're gonna have one phase, and then Quade, can you do like three steps and then offload from the back? <laughs> I don't know how formulaic it is. In, in the forwards, it is quite, you know. in the forwards certainly. And when you've got Bastero, he's either a, an incredibly effective decoy runner and ties in defenders, or he bashes it up. It's it's simple but it's nothing that a little bit of stardust wouldn't add something to and we've seen that with Matt Gitto oh, yeah I think so and do you hear the criticism I hear about Toulon all the time and it makes me laugh it's when you say a Toulon player is good and you always get this inevitable answer which is oh well you'd be good in front of that pack or you'd be good in that back line but they people say it's about all the players so I'll give you an example every time you talk about Stefan Armitage what what's the most common comeback well 
you'd be good there. What yesterday showed me is they're all pretty good. And Stefan yesterday was amazing. Same with Bastro. Bastro gets exactly the same criticism, which is, no, even that fatty can play in that back line. I wouldn't go so far as to say Stefan was amazing. I don't think he was one of the best. Oh, he was good. Uh, no, he was good. They all he, were. Yeah. His, his work over the ball is exceptional. I, I'm not criticising him. I'm just saying I think... Not as Bastro's. Bucky's boater and... Here we go. Oh, what an unbelievable... Like, <laughs> I would hate to play against that guy and I thought he set the platform for that, for that team. And I, I thought Ali Williams, who got man of the match, the partnership with both mm. doing the hard work, the grunt, and Ali Williams' hands were exceptional for a second row. His kind of... Uh, offloading and distribution game it really did make a big difference being able to do that being able to change the point of attack uh, in the forwards our old mate Benders <laughs> had, a, had a magic moment going forward but and I'd love to focus on the positives and just say what an awesome try which it was it was an awesome, it was try. An awesome Benders. try it was an awesome try and his offload in the first minute first 30 and seconds running as well he's so balanced yeah he was at fault for that try just for half time which was, was in in the momentum of the match and the, the way the pendulum swung which that, one, sorry which try was that the the one where he could have just twatted the ball into row z at the end of the first half when uh, there was like three seconds left in the half he could have kicked it into row z and run in with a with a lead and instead he kicked it straight to chris mazoe then missed the tackle on the follow-up chase Yes. And then Matt Bastero was walking in for a try 10 seconds later. His sausage legs carried him over the line. <laughs> yeah, I think Matt Bastero is amazing. He, he must be amazing to be that shape and yes. just still be picked for Toulon. <laughs> I, I rate him as one of the two or three best outside centres in, in the world now, I, by quite some distance, actually, because yeah. Toulon have got an amazing attacking lineup. And even with that attacking lineup, they don't tend to target that 13 channel. And it's the hardest place to defend anyway. He just must be incredible. No, he is incredible. He actually is. The statistics back that up. He, he is. He's a very good player. It does help when you've got. Um, Here we go. That like is, is this the same argument? Does help when you've got. Well, no. You've got exceptional players right across the board. He, I, I think Bastro is a great player. I, I, I really exce- do. They're exceptional they, players. I will tell you what, they're not in the backs in particular. They're not exceptional defenders. You wouldn't say, would you? Did you see that hit from Drew Mitchell on yes. Jonathan Davis? No, but what not, saying, not just the hit, but the timing and the judgment to make that call because there was two men outside Jonathan Davis. There's one man, so Drew Mitchell is defending three, and he, and he shot made, off the line, took man and ball, and smashed him. And Jonathan Davis took about ten seconds. But to that get was to his feet. one. That was like one moment of in uh, of individual brilliance. So what I'm saying is, if you look at across the back line, I mean, they could go with Mishlak and Gitto inside of him. Now that's not the stoutest. Of, I mean, they're good. They're perfectly good. Yeah. They're not, it's not like having Jamie Noon and... Brad oh, Barrett. thank Barrett. goodness. <laughs> Jeez, can you imagine? Unfortunately, I can. Oh, I couldn't... That, that tension at the end was absolutely brilliant. It's still a six-point game. So yeah. thanks, to Lee, oh. thanks to Lee Halfpenny for missing a couple of kicks and making it interesting. Because they also got the score wrong. Did you see that? Yeah, they put it up to 28 and then moved it back down to 26. Um, there was a, another little head-to-head match-up in the European final there on Saturday on BT Sport. It was Matt Dawson against Austin Healy. And through the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast Twitter account, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, uh, they were having little pops at each other's dress. So which one of you two posted the tweet about who was... was J- JB claimed that uh, Austin I Healy was felt, best dressed. Yeah, Austin Healy this week had an air of classical style about him, marrying up the sweater vest with a jacket and a tie. I thought for the occasion it was far, far more suitable than Matt Dawson's more casual look. And did you see Matt Dawson's shoes as well? 
Yeah, what what were they all about? They were uh, not, I do not think my favourite. Do you think the, the BT Sports panellists are the best dressed panellists of any channel? Oh, even even more so when Hugo Monier's on there. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, with, his, no, with his stripy socks. But, uh, <laughs> but, but Austin Healy retweeted us... Um, and then Matt Dawson got a bit, got the hump a little bit and said, what, just because Austin's wearing a tie, he's best dressed. Exactly. So, it's so a, it's I, a European Cup final. Yeah, it's nice to see that the rivalry that was so present during their England days still think... rumbles on, even down to the arbitrary opinion of JB <laughs> about who's best dressed. Do you think because we've started this now, next broadcast that they're both on, Austin Healy will wear a tie and Matt Dawson will wear a World Cup medal? <laughs> <laughs> That's what you do, isn't it? Isn't that, there's no argument then. Oh dear! Uh, just just going back to yeah. you mentioned it there. The final final few mm. minutes because uh, it was still a six point game, still one try in it after Drew Mitchell scored that incredible oh wow try with ten minutes to go. I think we're actually let down a little bit by by Claremont because they they got some pressure, they got some momentum. Their reserve scrum half missed that kick to touch yep. with two minutes to go. Uh, when they would have they would have oh. a, a line out deep into twenty two. Yep. And then the last play of the game, Camille Lopez. Oh, I can yeah. just imagine Brian Moore screaming, "What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Keep possession. You can play it for as long as you can play until the ninety-fifth minute if you want. Just keep it in hand." Yeah, and he kicks like, a speculative kick. <laughs> it sort of summed up Clem on that. That they just they seem a bit panicky in front of Toulon. They don't seem to get into the the normal attacking flow. Yeah, and Toulon just kind of just kind of squeezed them. I, even at the start when they were building that lead, it didn't didn't feel secure. And it's shortly into the second half, there was a statistic that said, um, you know, we always talk about Claremont's offloading game. Mm-hmm. After about 50 minutes, Toulon had made 10 offloads, Claremont had only made one. And that kind of just summed up for me that mm. either they'd changed their, the way they were playing or they were kind of being just suffocated and they weren't able to get that, that first man bending the line and then looking for the offload and the support runners. So we've got in this Toulon team now that won, Two guys who were Ill- ineligible to play World Cup in Gitto and Drew Mitchell. Yeah. You've got to say now they are looking good, particularly Drew Mitchell, who had a Regardless fun- of their performance before, so they're both proven international players, pedigree season. They, they know even, I mean, Matt Gitto, in his brilliantly humble way, um, sort of said after the game, yeah, you know what? I, I never thought when I came to Toulon, I've been delighted with what's happened. I never thought I'd play Test Rugby again, but with the rules changing, um, it would be an honour if I was even allowed to just be part of it and help the young guys come along. So yeah. he, he's being very, very humble with Code that. for, I better be picked. <laughs> <laughs> I am the best in the world, I better be picked. That's what, that, that's what it should do. I mean, we talk about we want our, our players to be competitive. Competitive in every aspect other than uh, selection, where it's like, oh, I'll just keep my head down and <laughs> take each game as it comes. Mm. One of the guys say, no, I... I want to play, I should play, and, I, uh, and, uh, and I'm the best guy for it. No, That's th- what you want. There's a difference between the, I really want to play, I'll do everything to do that, and the Floyd, Meather, Floyd May- Mayweather attitude of, how- I am the best. Yeah. Everyone look at me, look well, at how good I am. What I'm saying is you don't want Stefan Armitage jackling over a ball saying, it would be an honour if I could just get this ball. You, you want him with the attitude that I'm going to have that ball. <laughs> yeah. Now, Mayweather, Pacquiao, that was a bit of a disappointing uh, head-to-head. It was firstly disappointing because I took ages to, to, to till the fifth round to get a live stream that was casually <laughs> <laughs> watched for free. You type, <laughs> but yeah, no, that was a disappointing matchup. The rugby was not disappointing. Someone um, said, uh, I can't remember who, but it was quite a funny comment that 
Mayweather and Pacquiao in the build-up to this fight. If they're in a Rocky film, they're both doing exactly the things you shouldn't be doing to win a fight. Writing your own entrance music, hanging around with too many girls, partying too hard. <laughs> like they're both acting like bad guys. Yeah. Obscene uh, displays of wealth. <laughs> yeah, throwing money everywhere. <laughs> yeah, one of these guys has to lose, right? <laughs> yeah, come on, who's in a Russian barn? <laughs> lifting rocks. Um, Tom M on Twitter, uh, at Rugby Podcast, like I say, said there was lots of tackling in the Claremont Toulon final with uh, lots of tackling using the faces Jacques Berger style. It was brutal, you can, mm. you can say that much. It was absolutely brutal. I'm just so disappointed that uh, Jamie Cudmore was on again, off again, oh, on again, Oh, you're disappointed. Julian Pierre, it must be devastating. <laughs> like, French <laughs> international <laughs> Julian Pierre. Coach, can I stay on? No, you can't stay on. <laughs> Lee Halfpenny gave a tooth for the cause. Did you see that? I did. I did, yes. It, so he's now missing two of his front teeth. Yeah, it was like a piano when he, when he <laughs> smiles. Unless it's the same tooth. No, no, it, it different. It was a picture because you've seen his previous ones where it, one of his two very oh, front teeth. I've never had a, a, a tooth knocked out, but it goes through me. Oh, yeah, that front from, one of mine is capped from uh, one time I forgot to wear a gum shield. So stupid. Yeah, I, And I never wear a gum shield. <laughs> uh, we'll talk more about the finals and we'll come back and talk about Gloucester beating Edinburgh in the Challenge Cup final as well shortly. But uh, how about as a little interlude, we do... Well, one of the other big things that's going on this week and will be done before we have any more rugby to speak of, there's a certain matter of a general election. Now, we're not going to get into <laughs> politics. I do not want to get JB started on that. Good, I good. Have, I, I'll I tell really you now, don't. Stop it. I don't want to hear it. I'm really I don't want to hear it. But the last few weeks, I can't read anything about politics. I can't look at it. I'm just, I'm too frightened. I'm like the guy who's always talking about, yeah, well up for a fight. And then it gets to the fight and I just don't I've want never, to know. I've never, I've never <laughs> known someone whose opinions are so entrenched and immovable as JB. It's like you could you could put a card in front of JB going, that's white, and he'd, he'd see it black. Well, if it was black, it would be black, wouldn't it? <laughs> but, uh, anyway, anyway, we're not going to get into that. But what, I'm, what I did think we could do is come up with a rugby government. So if we were on Friday forming a coalition of rugby players and forming a, a ministerial government to go into the cabinet, a rugby government, who would occupy what position? Should we start with a big gun? Who, who in the rugby world has got that air of PM about them? Well, for a start, I'd only pick one guy to do all the jobs. And... <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's going to be a very short feature then. Yeah. Uh, and because I'm a massive fan of small government, I'd go with Morgan Power, and that would be it. <laughs> <laughs> he could run all the departments of government, show up once a month. All right, we said we're not going to talk <laughs> politics and your own political opinion. Right, who's got... I'll ask the question again. Who's got a prime ministerial air of them in, in the rugby world? I, I chuck one straight out there. That That kind of calmness under pressure and good decision maker and a leader that unites people um, and you think about Ireland's Paul O'Connell as a potential PM. I, yeah, I think he's a, possibly a bit fiery. Yeah. For, for, oh, he, yeah. Could, he could be, Do you his, want, when his finger's on the button, when his finger's on <laughs> Trident. <laughs> yeah, he's in a rage. Yeah. <laughs> I can just imagine him... Um, I, I was going to go for another second row, another captain, leader of men, veteran second row, Victor Matfield, who's got that kind of prime ministerial air about him. Mm. Just holds himself well, have to very have a articulate. You'd have to, uh, there's, no, there's, can, no, there's no PMs with long hair. He, he, I've seen him in a suit with it slicked back. He looks pretty pretty good. Yeah, he does look pretty good. He does. Well, I, I want stuff done, and I want it done quick. So, um, 
<laughs> I'm going to go with Bucky's Botha, and he's just going to go around and whip everyone in, into shape. Because you're not going to vote against Bucky's Botha. It wouldn't be worth it. And very much in the style of when, when, when you go back to the 97 Lions, when the decision was taken by Sarina McGeekin and Jim Telfer to make Martin Johnson the captain so that the South Africans had someone to look up exactly. to. Exactly. When, when you're meeting at the G8 Summit and you're sending <laughs> in Victor Matfield or Bucky's Botha or Paul O'Connell... All other PMs is, are going to be looking up to this intimidating figure. Yeah, literally and figuratively yeah. looking up there, to them. There is one other. Um, I can't say. I can't say his name. Uh, Claremont prop uh, Georgian. Say his name for me. Zero cash. Zero Because just like the Iron Lady, he's not for turning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've got a PM. Um, let's let's go. So it's a, we've got four PMs. All right. So what, what what other positions could you come up with? I'll, I'll throw one in. Minister for Women. My, uh, Mike Phillips. Mike Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's like... Uh, it should be minister. It should be renamed to it. Uh, minister for the ladies. <laughs> rather than Minister for Women. Because they're kind of different roles, aren't they? It's for the benefit of women rather than to reinforce yeah. their rights. <laughs> uh, right. Who would be like health secretary? Easy. Jamie Roberts. Jamie Roberts. Jamie Roberts. Yeah. Harlequin's new signing, Jamie Roberts. I think that's a great. It's so Jamie Roberts still. I think it is a good signing because him and Haskell should be like leading lights for young uh, for young rugby players coming through. As like how to maximise your talent to the most because Go they might abroad. not get, well they might yeah they might not be getting paid the most to do what they do. I'm sure they get paid more than more than enough. They'll be getting decent. But wedge. when they both retire, they can say I've played at Cambridge if he does that. You know, I played at Quinns, I played in France, in Kiss Haskell, Japan, and, New Zealand. And from the other side of it, they're both developing their um, post-rugby careers. Yeah. Haskell's got all his different uh, sports nutrition brand and all that stuff. And I, I think there's a lot to so admire. Maybe, should, from, from maybe, maybe Haskell should be employment minister and uh, look minister, after, minister, minister, minister for, for work. Uh, for industry. Minister for, for industry. industry. Yeah. yeah. If there is, I don't think there is one anymore. In fact, I'm sure there's not. Um, um, just, that's just a great on, signing, yeah. Yeah, just on, on Roberts. It's interesting for two things. You mentioned he might be playing in the varsity match. Yeah. Although he's not yet decided whether it's going to be Oxford or Cambridge, which is Ooh. quite an interesting thing for kind of both of them to uh, offer him, offer him mm. some kind well, of... Well, why would they not? I mean, he's got... He, incentive you know, he's, to join. He's obviously, a, he's obviously a bright guy. He's a big name. Yeah. He can play a bit of rugby. I got, how will he train with the squad, so? Because they both have full-time coaches now. Do they? Yeah, yeah, they do. Train when you want. Yeah, turn up when you be, want. I think he'll be all right. I think I think I think they might. He might he might manage with the cup just a team run through. Just give him the I, ball. I hope that they don't draft him in thinking like, oh well, Jamie will be playing for Varsity, so we'll use him as a distributing inside centre. <laughs> Not having no idea what his skill set is. Uh, the other thing that I thought was interesting was he's actually said that he might be combining um, the playing role with kind of a medical development role at Harlequins. Mm-hmm. Now he says one rugby club in the world that you don't want a young doctor to go to following Bloodgate <laughs> is yeah. probably... Well, they are on the cutting edge, excuse the pun. <laughs> well, do you know what? If, if he had a decision to make, didn't he? And he had two offers he was considering. Was it Cardiff Blues? Stash alone means you go to Oh, Harvard, yeah. Exactly. Twins. Beautiful Adidas as you yeah. sponsor. That, that would do it for me. Stretched across his massive chest as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, that'll look good. And stretched across his chin when, when, he, when, he, when he's trying to get it on. Um, <laughs> the... Yeah, I do think if you went back to Cardiff, it'd be a huge regression. It just didn't doesn't feel like the right fit. So, I, you know, it's... it's It'll be interesting to see, because we spoke before about uh, George North's deal to allow him to be available um, for the wider um, international window. Mm-hmm. And you, you've mentioned in the past that they, they 
Premier Rugby have banned any further deals. Yeah. So will Jamie Roberts be available, or will Harlequins be expecting to play mid Six Nations? Oh, he has to. Like, those, the, yeah. those are the laws. But there. I mean, in in this in the time scale, if you're Warren Gatland, um, you you'd actually go, I've got him for the World Cup, and then we've got a couple of years where he can do this, and you don't know where Jamie Roberts is going to be two years from now, and you know, and and what sort of form he'll be in. So I think it's quite a good timing all around. So he's our Minister for Health. Yeah. Any other ministers you'd like to appoint? Minister for Justice. Bakis Botha. <laughs> Minister for Justice. I uh, did, I did Brian think... Brian Moore. It, it, no. is, he, is he involved in uh, anything legal, Tim? Yeah. Is he? I think he might be. He, is he? He occasionally mentions it, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, yeah. He should mention it more. Uh, I, I did. I did Felipe Contepomi would be a good one. Was he a doctor? He's a doctor, he's a doctor yeah. Oh, I thought he was a solicitor. Is, is his brother... The other comfortable is he a solicitor? Probably. Let's well, go with Keith that. Keith Wood was very good in his role as the judge in the '97 Lions. Ah, yeah. And has that kind of. Uh, and if yeah. anything, he was fair, harsh, but, but fair. <laughs> <laughs> I did have um, a vision of a dystopian future. Kind of like Judge Dredd, where Backy's Botha and Jamie Cudmore just wander the streets, <laughs> <laughs> dealing out justice. <laughs> as and when they see, yeah. see fit. Exactly. But with a bit of banter, with a bit of mirth. Well, yeah, obviously. Uh, what other ministerial positions are there? Minister of Defence, uh, Brad Barrett. Um, <laughs> well, Boris Johnson, for his rugby tackling that. Uh, oh yeah, that football, football match. Football match well, a few years ago. Here's an interesting fact for you. I mean, potentially there could be a role for Gordon Brown in this government. He did lose an eye playing rugby. He, he did. So that's commitment to the cause. That is education. Oh, Graham Henry what, uh, was a head teacher. Was it? Uh, in fact, he was head teacher of two schools, which went to war against each other in. Oh, some 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 sort of vast, vast, uh, some sort of varsity match. It was called off after sixty minutes. Really? Yeah, it's really big. Uh, I try to think who played in that game. I was, re- I was reading the interview. It could have been one of the one of the Vinopolas. No, Nathan Hughes. The interview oh, with Nathan really? Hughes. Yeah. What? When was this? Nathan Hughes played in this game when he was a kid, and it was like I don't know Auckland Grammar against someone else Grammar, or you know two big schools in um, New Zealand rugby. Graham Henry's been the headmaster of both. And the match lasted about 60 minutes before it broke into an all-out brawl. <laughs> nice. Wow. Who were you thinking, Phil? Well, I struggled a little bit. I really enjoyed uh, when Flatman was teaching us about the scrum. Very so wise. Very Flatman, wise man. Flatman knows things. So uh, maybe have him. Flats is Minister for Education in our rugby government. Graham Henry's going to be devastated you now. <laughs> Headmaster of two schools and a World Cup winning coach. Oh, I've just, well, I've just <laughs> thought going backwards, as, as Bafe's not got a... Prime Ministerial air about him. I was going to go with Babes, but he it does. sounded a little bit sycophantic after I uh, <laughs> carry on going on about how great Babes is. <laughs> oh dear! And he was a policeman. Oh yeah, yes. Do you know it's weird because they were both policemen. Uh, Ackford and him were policemen at the same time. I think. I, I think. No, wait, wait, do, Dooley, 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 Dooley and Ackford no, were both. Was, but oh, was Ackman not previous? Do I think Dooley and Ackford were both policemen? So all three of them were road. policemen. Yeah. I've, I, yeah, and Dorian West is also. I'll just a, say a, yeah. A correct, yeah. Yeah, correct, yeah, correct, yeah. Correct. It's fine. But you're quite right. It would it would be getting a bit uncomfortable with you and Bayfields if you were to uh, go overboard <laughs> on him again in another podcast. Such a great guy though, Tim. You have such. Um, I'm so you, fickle. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. You have such like people you're hot for in in rugby terms. For a few weeks, you're mad on Gav, then you'll move on to Jack Berger for hey, a bit. I've always been mad on Gav. Whereas at least Phil is all all about Cudmore all the time. Non-stop. Or Julian Pierre. <laughs> no, just Cudmore. Non-stop Cudmore. He is a strange shape, J- J- uh, Jamie Cudmore. He's incredible he's a shape. suspicious shape, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Not suspicious at all. Phenomenal shape. J- Jamie Cudmore's arms, I was looking at him in this he's game. He's like a gorilla, isn't he? His 
it's biceps. I'm sure they're the same size as my waist. Yeah. It's like, it's like you know those Transformers where they were made up of like lots of different, different Transformers? Different, different players. Yeah, lots of different players. So if Jamie Codmore was doing his weekend role as like a drugs enforcer and someone <laughs> fires an anti-tank missile into his arm and blows one of his arms off, you can just pick up Morgan Parra and bolt, repl- it on. bolt it straight on there and replace his arm. <laughs> he, he is I just a naturally huge. For a scrum off, Tilly's board is stacked as well. <laughs> well... Was he caught up in those rumours? There were some rumours. He was named. Yeah, he was. He was, he I, was named in the rumours. I tell you the scrum off who I really like, though, in that game, was the reserve Claremont. He's got a real bit of spice about him. Apart from that missed kick. But him and when he was uh, blowing kisses to Ali Williams. Yeah, yeah. Like, he tapped him on the shoulder so Ali Williams <laughs> had to turn around and then blew a kiss at him. Which I thought was like, maybe he just respects his uh, experience as a rugby player. Right, if you've got any more suggestions for our rugby government, we can update this um, because, well, if the polls are to be believed, it'll be a story that's still rumbling on for some days after the general election on Thursday. At Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Uh, we're on the ACAST app, by the way, where you can listen to us and and also on iTunes. Sort your phone out, Jay. Jonathan Beardmore. Outrageous. Tim, can you drop a picture of, a compromising picture of Jonathan uh, yeah. Yeah. into the, the podcast right about... Now. now, so if you're watching on the ACAST app now, there is an embarrassing picture of JB. <laughs> As I've, many of them uh, <laughs> uploaded, and there you go. Oh, it's that one from his stag do Phil. Oh, that. Oh, yeah. That one with the, like... the, the the bathroom with the clear windows. <laughs> I like. So, oh, I like this one. Look at that. <laughs> wow, JB, good shape. Um, okay, so that every time that you don't sort your phone out and have poor phone etiquette, that will happen. Apologies. Uh, so there was another final on Friday night. It was. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Gloucester victorious in the European Challenge Cup against Edinburgh. Um, an interesting match, this. It wasn't the best match, let's not pretend it was. Some some good highlights. Yeah. But I, I was watching it, I was trying to trying to tweet something. And there just wasn't really any it wasn't really anything to tweet. I mean, Edinburgh looked like a Pro 12 team. Great. Um <laughs> Gloucester looked like Gloucester. Uh they had all the early doors, it looked like they were gonna smash Edinburgh. And I, it looked like it could be like a, a forty point win. And then they did what Gloucester do, which is just implode really. Um, after they had their period of pressure, they did get a try, but then it seemed to be that they just went, you know, the heads went down a bit and Edinburgh slowly came back into it. They had a yellow card, which some people say would be a red card, I think should, shouldn't even be a penalty. I was going to say, come on then, let's just, let's just get it out of your system. Have a good old moan <laughs> about the cards. Come on, Jay. Well, okay, so... Are you talking about the Ross Moriarty first Gloucester? Yes. For anyone that didn't see it, brief explanation... Well, these two players, I'm guessing, have been going at each other for the past 30 minutes or so. Moriarty sees uh, an exposed back at the side of a, of a ruck and decides to place his knee neatly into it. Um, <laughs> it was a cowardly knee well, to someone's back. It is cowardly, 
if that was the only part of it. But you know what it's like when there's two lads go- going at it on a rugby pitch and you see a head poking out of a rock or something. Uh, you know, well, some uh, people do do that, and that's part of the game. Some people do that. I, I would mean, say it's that, not part of the professional game. I, 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 I would. I, that is the epitome of a cowardly act, yeah. in my opinion. <laughs> There's enough opportunities on a rugby field within the laws of the game to smash, to absolutely smash someone uh, you want to smash. I think, I think it's a yellow card for sheer stupidity. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that, that. I mean, I don't have any okay. any issues with the actual right. thing itself. And the okay, red card. Right now, so um, so again, a brief explanation in case you didn't see it. Yeah, so I found this really interesting, okay, because again, maybe a yellow card. It was high. <laughs> it's definitely it, high. I want to think it's dangerous. I think uh, a bit of a meal was made out of it. But here's the thing, right? Billy Twelve Trees went to the ref and said, "Sir, he, the player who Meeks clotheslined, was ahead of the runner." Now he said that because it was a dummy runner. Now I don't know. I, I want to know where you stand. What's the point of a dummy runner if it doesn't commit the tackler? I mean, isn't that kind of the idea of the dummy run? So that that is exact. I I can only imagine that Twelve Trees was suggesting that it was crossing because if the ball goes behind his pass behind him, then there's no issues at all. Yeah. It, as long as he's not blocking him, which he wasn't because exactly. it was Meeks that made exactly. the contact. Yeah, so I, I agree mean, with that. If they're going to give a red call for a high tackle, it's just high tackle, fine. But I think it's because it was a high tackle off the ball. Off the ball. Now the off the ball <laughs> bit, I think, should be eliminated because. If that move Edinburgh running is a deliberate uh, dummy runner, yeah, that's what he's there for. Well, right? the, the point of a decoy, I, I, I'm completely with you. So I do feel sorry for the defenders sometimes. You've got two people charging at you on hard lines. One of them's going to get the ball, one of them's not. And they're running right up in your face. And at the last second, a, a pass is given. I, I, don't, I don't think anything wrong of a defender putting his shoulder in no, on the I guy that's yeah. a decoy runner. How, obviously, yeah. it was high and it was a yeah. close line tackle. And you, that's... You can put your shoulder on it or at least make contact, like body to body contact, but it was, it was, it was a swinging arm. And also, took his head off. Swinging off. So there were levels. Yeah. Yeah. So. From I'm a safety point of view, because we all know I like safety. Um, <laughs> if you're a defender, and like you say, there's two players charging at you, you don't want to be in the wrong body shape in case he does get the ball, or he doesn't get the ball and he just runs over you anyway. So he's the right body shape, arm out, swing forward, <laughs> connect to face. Think, I think you make a valid coaching point there. <laughs> Uh, maybe his technique needs to be worked on. Uh, they deserved the win, didn't they? They, they did. I don't think they did deserve the win, but they got the win. I mean, they I, weren't... I, 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 I was backing did. Edinburgh towards the end. But, yeah, what was this at the end of the day? It was the ninth place of Eva team against the seventh place Pro 12 team. Who cares? <laughs> it's good, it's good, good. Some good highlights, especially Johnny May. Yeah. I love and, seeing and, Johnny May with ball in hand. Fairness to, um, fairness to Edinburgh, their number eight I don't, uh, is a South African fella. Um He's got a South African name. Uh, yes. <laughs> he had two incredible tap tackles. Cornel Dupree. Cornel Dupree. He played very well. And uh, Hildago Klein, Dog Tanyan. Hildago, Hildalgo Klein. Hidalgo Klein. He's a really good player. Yeah. It, I like him a it, lot. They were kind of saying it's the battle for the, the two nine, the Scottish nine shirts, wasn't it? Because Laidlaw and uh, Hidalgo Klein. I, I both, both kicking sticks as well. Yeah, do you see Laidlaw as a world-class nine? No. No. But he's Scotland captain. He's, Scot- he's Scottish. So, you only have to be Scott, Scottish class, not world class. But they do have some good scrum halves. They do, they've they got do. How to go Klein, they've got Blair, they've got Cusseter. I mean, Blair still plays, right? Or does he not? Newcastle, yeah. Yeah, so they have got they have got, got options. And I just don't think that... What's this, and also, you've got a label move from 10. It's a fairly recent development, I think. I think he's kind of played a bit of both. Mm. Though, I mean, when there's... <laughs> you're playing Scotland age group, there's... You're struggling to get 22 players together. That so, is uh, true. 
You have to play where where the gaps are. And they probably play with eight scrum halves or something. <laughs> so there was a couple of semi-finals just to mention uh, briefly as well, and set up quite nicely for the second legs in the championship. It was Bristol who, in the last fifteen minutes, pulled their finger out. They were behind seventeen ten after an hour against Rotherham at home, and then Bristol scored two tries and a penalty, two converted tries and a penalty, and got a got a twelve point lead to get, take to. Rotherham, and it was a last-minute try that got Worcester ahead. Penalty try. Penalty try. After a period of pressure and a yellow card for London Scottish in those last kind of five minutes. I hear Carl Ferns might be moving to Bristol. Really? That'd be a great signing. Wouldn't it it just? I I, I think there's a lot of clubs that should uh, have a look at Carl Ferns. Oh, uh, Wasps would be my... uh, No, they they don't need him. Why? I know what you're saying, but he, he needs to play... He's just been... Starting in out the team at Bath, and he needs to. It's time in his career. He's, got, know, he's got to be starting every week. And so, so a club this. like Sale or Newcastle or Bristol, I think, would be ideal. London Irish. I don't know if you're aware of this, but once one of Wasps' three mega back row go down, they have to bring on Guy Thompson. Now, <laughs> oh, they got um, what's his name? Um, oh, so Sam, don't, the don't, seven. Don't say Guy Jones. Thompson. They got that Sam Jones, so, really promising player. He's no. not. He's not a big beefy ball carrier, but he's a good. Yeah, player. but that. Uh, I just think. Um, Ferns would fit in there so well. The the other option, if he, he did go there, would be to put Ashley Johnson to hooker and put Ferns oh. at six. Now that ball yeah. carrying central that oh, does yeah. look. I mean, because you look at the second row pairings that they can they can put together. Yeah, they can. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, they can even move one of their se- second rows to back row. Yeah, in the for- form of Gaskell. Gaskell. I Plus, think, in great I think Carl Ferns will be waiting to see precisely what happens in the playoffs because, as we've just demonstrated, it's far from a foregone con- conclusion. I mean, both teams will be favourites to make the final, Worcester and Bristol, and then it's uh, one big showdown. Unless, it's, of course, the, the rumours are to be believed where it's going to be fourteen teams. They'll bring in leads and then shut the door to anyone else coming up. But that, yeah. that's a conversation for another day, probably. Yeah, yeah, maybe another year. I do feel sorry for for Rotherham because they're very ambitious. I mean. Who can forget their, their their play to increase their fan base by renaming themselves from Rotherham to Earth? Earth Titans. Earth Titans. That was incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. Representing the whole country, the whole, the whole, the whole world. world. Hey, yeah. hey, World Cup watch, David Pocock's getting back some form. Yeah. He's playing for the Brumbies, scored his first try for the Brumbies, scored three in the first half. Did you, did you see his celebration Sorry. after he scored his hat-trick? Did he really? Yeah. Was, was wow. that last weekend? Or the, it was last weekend that oh, he got a hat-trick. Because yeah, this weekend was Brumby's Waratahs. This was Brumby's Waratahs. Yeah, I mean, I mean last, last weekend. weekend. But he, I, uh, I've not seen the, the celebration. No, the celebration he did after his hat-trick I thought was worthy of it. I'm going to demonstrate it to you now. He scored the try. He got up. Waves his hands. Jazz hands. Jazz hands. <laughs> jazz hands. <laughs> he did jazz hands. <laughs> mm, I'm surprised he didn't uh, get some kind of activation anti-mining banner out from, <laughs> from his shorts <laughs> and wave that <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's a he's a bit of an anti-minor guy, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh dear. Uh, one th- one other thing I'll just briefly mention as we've got this little stop down is: Did you see Nigel Pearson, the Leicester City footballer, in his press conference earlier this week? No. Weirdly, I don't I don't watch much football. No, 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 you don't. That's fine. Now he, we we were saying on last week's podcast about how footballers are so cliche filled and not interesting or different or entertaining and that rugby players are you know got much 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 better chat and much more affable and all the rest of it mm-hmm. Nigel Pearson I wouldn't say it's affable but it was definitely entertaining he he turned on a, a reporter who was interviewing him after Leicester City's defeat to Chelsea and he started going on about ostriches you are an ostrich well your head must be in the sand is your head in the sand are you flexible enough to get your head in the sand I can you can't I think you're either being very, very 
silly or you're being absolutely stupid. One of the two. I'm sorry, son, but you are daft. I, I just don't know what you... Um, you don't know what... Um. Yeah, so that, so that was Nigel Pearson, and I've got a little theory that Nigel Pearson, he sounds like, when he's doing this, like if you slow his voice down, he sounds like one of the guys propping up the bar in the pub, so I, I've just made this for us. Hey, Nigel, shall I call you a cab, mate? Looks like you've uh, had enough there, fella. If you don't know the answer to that question... You are an ostrich. An, an ostrich, mate. Come on, you've been you've been, you've been at it all afternoon. Come on, let's let's call it a day now, mate. Is your head in the sand? My head in the sand. No. Are you flexible enough to get your head in the sand? What is he talking about? Yeah. I'm sorry, son, but you are daft. All right, don't say anything you're going to regret. Don't give that crap with me. Come on, I'll get you a cab. Come on, there you go. Come on, let's, let's get you out. And I'll smile at you because I can't afford to smile at you. All right, Nigel. Uh, on your way then, fella. Bye. See you later. See you again. You must be very stupid. <laughs> Nigel. You've nailed that, Tim. Yeah. That You've nailed that. That is exactly what's so- what an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what a moron. Now, <laughs> I'm on record of saying like Celtic are a hobby team and the rest of it, but the more I look at football, the more it is about a hobby. Because obviously you don't support lower league football, for instance, because you like high-level sport. You, that's what, that's a not what a lot say. of fans don't barely support their national team. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to say that there's there's a football, someone involved in football who's done a press conference that's a bit more interesting. It reminded me of like Brendan Venter um, yeah. giving the giving the evils the dagger stare and then being very confrontational with uh, a reporter in the past and, you know, some of Steve Diamond or Richard Cockrell's post-match chats. Uh, well, so, uh, I'm guessing after this season, Richard Cockrell will have a lot of time to chat, so maybe we'll hear, <laughs> hear more from him. Uh, there's uh, Neil Back has been saying Leicester have got to make some signings and make them quick. Yeah, he's going kind of from two fronts. First of all, looking at the people who've left over the past three seasons, 12 Trees, George Ford, Flood... Waldrum, Kieran Brooks, uh, Lewington and Steele to Irish, Jeff Parlin, Jamie Gibson, and then saying um, only scored 32 tries this season. That's and pathetic. Um, well, I think they, they are currently in the top four just. They've only got a points difference of plus 19 compared to all the other teams around there who've got plus 150, plus 200. So we've, we've said it for a little while, their backs in particular, they've got a great tight five. Yep. Need some ball carriers in the back row, but then they're... The well, backs do need some work. Let me give you my opinion on Leicester, which is, again, in this, in this world of the salary cap, if they're sticking to it, which, by the way, we're not sure who is sticking to it and who isn't, but we can come to that another time. Uh, and by the yeah. way, there's, by the way, just very briefly on that, because we have talked about it before, but there's, again, lots more clamouring and lots more journalists starting to say, hold on a minute, yeah. Premier Rugby, hold on a minute, um, the... PRA or PRL, PRA, Players R- Rugby, RPA. RPA. Well, the RPA aren't at fault here. No, 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 I know, I know. But there's a lot of people going, hold on a minute, what happened to that earlier in the season when we, you heard when you said you knew there were breaches of the salary cap and we'll find out in due course? That's all gone very quiet. Well, okay, but, yeah, I, we've, we've talked about it before. Yeah, I understand what I'm saying is there's more was... journalists like sort of shining a light on and, that little well, glaring, sense, glaring sense hole. Right about, but they are missing the bigger, uh, the bigger picture that it's for the good of the game and just sweep it under the carpet. Um, <laughs> now... I'm going to do another war analogy here. No, like the, no, uh, no more war analogies. Like, like the Iraq and war. Let, and yeah, let's, just, get... just, let's just forget about it, move on. Yeah, move on. Let's just not learn our lessons from the say, past and move on. You can on. do war analogies as long as you identify who the good guys are and the bad guys are before you make the war analogy. <laughs> so Leicester, right? I assume that they are sticking to salary cap because they, they were very vocal about how they put together their team. So they've come to this conclusion that what they need is all their money uh, up front. So you've got your big front row, you've got a big replacement front row, you've got a big second row. Fine. 
The rest of it seems just to be cobbled together. Not only is it cobbled together, look at where they're signing their players from. Italy, London Welsh. Uh, okay, they've, <laughs> they've got a guy coming in from like the reserve winger from, I think, I think it's the Blues. I think a Petit Fenua, by the way, the number eight, will do some good things for Leicester. Uh, well, maybe. Massive man. If he can get fit. Yeah, he's yeah. carrying about four stone but more than he needs to be at the moment. Deploy him, him as a half-hour impact man off the bench, and he'd be yeah. pretty... I, yeah, I agree that he might be a good signing, but it's not the signing you want. It's not Jamie Roberts, is it? It, no. it isn't no. uh, you know, James Horwell or no. whoever else, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the other team's getting. So there is something there. Yeah, it's, it's worrying times if you're a Leicester fan. The the stranglehold they once had is is going and, well, we'll see if they make top four. Should we talk about the, the matches this week? Because it is so finely balanced for the top four positions. And Friday night, there's a big game at the Stoop. Massive game for Bath. It's a tricky one, that. Harlequins need the win to try and get that seventh spot and cement that. Bath desperately need to win. We talked about when we were doing rugby box sets a couple of weeks ago, we talked about... Downton Abbey would be Harlequins or Bath. This is like yeah. the two, this is two of the glamour teams coming together. I, I was on a, a different podcast last week called The Box Set Pod. So if you want to hear <laughs> someone who just sounds just like Tim in terms of political views, trying to uh, trying to de- uh, de- denigrate me, listen to it. Um, Downton Abbey. So in other Harlequins. words, it's so, someone else who's got a, a conscience and a heart and, <laughs> yeah. and, and cares about people. Uh, Bath's yeah. going to crush them. That's what I think. You think? Yeah, I think the Harlequins pack won't be up to it. I think their scrum definitely won't be up to it because there's no Marler. Um, mm. Providing Kane, Palmer, Newport isn't the starting prop, and one of their good ones is. Uh, well, they, they, they won't. Kane, the best two, uh, Wilson and Thomas, are out for the season, aren't they? Well, that's that then. Um, so, a bit more parity there, there, there than I thought. But ultimately, I think the Harlequins backs, although everyone talks about their champagne rugby, it's the Bath backs that will really come to play. And they are just electric. I think they'll be far, far too hard, hard to handle for, for Harlequins. I do think Bath will win. But I don't, I don't, don't think it will be at, away from home. Bath aren't as convincing as they are at home. But I still think they'll have enough in their, yeah. in their Bath, armoury. Bath, and I think they'll probably get four tries as well. And be very close to securing that home semi-final. Mm, which will leave Harlequins. I mean, Sale have got a, a very, very winnable game at home to Newcastle. Who are playing well, to be fair, but you'd expect Sale to win at home, which would put potentially put Sale five, maybe even six points clear of Quinns if both those results go. Um, yeah. What are they playing for now, Sale? Is there anything left to play for? I, I, what's the situation with Gloucester having won the Challenge Cup? Does that mean the playoff place is available still? I don't actually know. From, from the little I've heard, and it might be someone else getting it wrong, it is that the playoff place seventh spot is still available. But do you... Uh, Gloucester now not automatically qualify and take that place away. We need to find that out. Clear as mud. What a good research, Perfect. lads. We, we have been enjoying our bank holiday weekend. <laughs> yes, we have. Yeah. Uh, right, so at Rugby Podcast, if you can shed a bit of light on that one. Um, yes, please. Back to the fixtures for this weekend um, in the Premiership. And of course, we will uh, mention the Pro 12 games because there's some finely poised stuff there. Uh, Gloucester, London Irish, uh, whatever. <laughs> um, I reckon Irish will win. Is it at Gloucester? Because I think Gloucester will, will go. They've got their silverware. They're at home. They'll they'll be coasting now. Last two games, and I it's think... going to be a, a shambles if Gloucester consider this season a success just because of winning the European Challenge Cup. Uh, I mean, they need to do a lot better next year. They, a lot. They finished a lot stronger than they started, though. Yeah, yeah that's and true. To be fair, I think they can do a lot better because I think they've got all the pieces. I think their coaching setup's actually really impressive. Actually, I, I'm going to change. I'm going to flip because they have been playing better in recent weeks. I'm going to go for. Gloucester marginal win in a pretty 
Actually, I reckon that'll be a really entertaining game, but it won't be televised and no one really cares. Here, yeah. Tim. Quick aside from the aside from the teams involved, yeah. Quick question for you. Yeah. Um, how? What one change can Gloucester make for next year to massively improve their club? An absolutely meaty, ball-carrying, rampaging, all-action second row. I think I've got the answer. I think I've got the answer you're looking for. Yes, I think Tim's on. answer is probably pretty good and probably what they so need. Like, so like James Hall, Hallwell, for example, would have been an amazing that, sign. That would yeah. be nice, but the thing more important. They, they should have started Galazza, who was excellent against Exeter. Yeah. Um, oh, I know, I know what you're saying, Jay. I what know they, what Jay's what saying. The signing they need is... Full hoops, navy shorts, navy shorts for their kids. Dead simple boys. <laughs> They'll play better if they do it. Okay. Fact. <laughs> Fact. There you go. Uh, Northampton will smash London Welsh and get their five points and move on. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but, they, that will then. Conf- well, they've already confirmed pretty much a home semi final. They just need one more point, so that will definitely yeah. confirm it. They'll get their home semi final after that. So they'll probably rest up a few players as well for the battles ahead. Yeah. Um, Wasps v Leicester. Wow. Th- uh, Sold out this. Oh no, this this is on Sunday, isn't it? It's been moved to Sunday. It is. Uh, I've got it down as Saturday. It's no, three, Saturday three fifteen. This is sold out. Thirty something thousand people. Well at done. The wow. Well done. Sold out or all tickets are same thing. It'll be thirty thousand people well, in the stadium. Put yeah. it this way, it's not far from Leicester, so I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if it is sold out. Yeah, yeah you're, you're quite right. And of course, Wasps when they moved. Put, uh, Leicester put a banner right outside their ground saying, yeah. we've always been here, basically. Yeah. So uh, 30, well, well, yeah. 30, 30 miles away, a team that's always been here. So yeah, no love lost between the two sides. A lot of history between them. They were the old two powerhouses of, oh, English, rugby of English and European rugby through the 90s um, and the early 2000s. So yeah. And three points separate them in the league. I know. Um, so finally poised. Exeter are on 60 points. At Wasps on 57 Wasps, wasps at home, I see winning this one. And jump leapfrogging Leicester. I think Wasps will win this as well. I think they will. Now, Leicester have just got to play the way that Leicester play. Uh, try and grind it out up front. Uh, well, what else do they do? Uh, Spread it wide. <laughs> Miles Benjamin's injured. Um, and if, they've if, got no options. If they can stop Wasps' big runners at the game line, um, I think Wasps will... When, when you watched um, Wasps against Leinster in the group stages of the Heineken Cup this year mm. and Leinster just stopped them at source and Wasps kind of ran out of ideas because they would never get in that front foot ball. Yeah. Their backs weren't getting space ahead of them so the, the pacey, um, pacey guys out wide weren't getting the room this and is, they just this struggled. Is the sort of, yeah, this is the sort of game where Leicester look, would look at their fixture list and go, oh, I hope that's in January. Yes. Not in April, May. Yeah. Not nice in May. track for Christian Wade. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I see Wasp winning one. And, and if they do, then we'll, well, we'll get to Saracens Exeter next because that's, that's the game on Ugh. Sunday. Then you've got the situation where Saracens are at home uh, and are on 62 points. I know. Ex- Exeter have to win, but you would have to say what the, they're probably unlikely to, which would mean Wasps would not only leapfrog Leicester, but possibly, if it goes with form anyway, will leapfrog Exeter as well if into wants, the Wasps in the top four with one round of games to go if anyone yes. wants any and by the way once they're in that top four anything can happen I know it's a cliche but they really can those ball carriers they have that pace that they have so my prediction is Wasps to beat Leicester mm-hmm. leapfrog into the top four and then Wasps have to travel to London Irish who have got nothing to play for and Wasps to get a five pointer there to secure the top four place 
my word. This is why it is the best league in, in, in the world. I'm confident of, uh, of it now. I, I agree. I think Leicester fans, are they've got their fingers crossed, but I think deep down they're, they're not thinking they're going to make top four with a trip to Wasps and then home to Northampton. Although Northampton last game of the season is not a terrible thing because they, they'll have already wrapped up their top two spot. Yeah, and, yeah, and have and, a nice little rest. Yeah, Northampton will... Uh, Go notoriously easy on Leicester. Well, yeah, <laughs> that, 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 that East Midlands pride. They even if it was a, a kind of dead rubber match for Northampton, they still wouldn't want to give any quarter to Leicester. So it's fascinating how it's going to pan out. I, yeah, I'm really excited for this weekend's matches now. Just the final game of the weekend: Saracens Exeter. Yeah, Saracens now have to win because they're they're only on 62 points. They're only two points ahead of Leicester in fourth place. So they have to win. They've had a team building. Uh, weekend away. Have you seen any of the pictures? Where have they been? Marbella, lad. Oh yes, I'm off. To, oh, I'm off to, Mar- to Marbella next weekend, so I can't <laughs> record on Sunday. Sorry, boys. Well, I, I'm shameful. That next Monday is the first Monday for oh, 50, do- 15 months that I will be working back in Manchester, oh. so we could possibly do it on the Monday. We can talk about this uh, another time. Another, another time. time. Anyway, okay. anyway, okay. we can sink our diaries uh, another time. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Saracens, I think, at home to win after their night out in their all white. Attire. Absolute if anyone's lads. seen that, the pictures on face, Facebook, mm. Twitter, was it, Instagram. Was it Andy Powell fancy dress? <laughs> <laughs> Andy Powell wedding fancy dress. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a quick look at the Pro 12 then before yes! we're done here. <laughs> JB loves it. Uh, the way it's poised in the Pro 12 table is that the top spots are occupied by Glasgow and Munster and Ulster and Ospreys, but there's only four points between those four teams. So those four teams are going to qualify for the playoffs, but it's just in what order. Um, so that's pretty much... It's the, it's the other spots that are the, are the bits that are up for grabs, the qualification spots. I'm pretty sure I can predict all of these games very accurately. Well, go on then. Let's, 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 well, let's... bearing in mind that I picked, picked them all... all Dragons, correctly. Edinburgh. Uh, Edinburgh. Leinster, Benetton. <laughs> <laughs> Next. Ospreys, Glasgow. Uh, at Osbury, but see, at the, Osbury's. there's two games I'm going to struggle with. So come on, Osprey's just uh, Ulster Munster. Yeah, it's interesting. Go on, the top four all play each other. Ulster, yeah. Ulster at home. Uh, Zebra Connor next. Uh, Scarlets, <laughs> Cardiff, Scarlets. See, that's why that's why it's rubbish. And Scarlet, Scarlets having a, a good late season charge to get that spot. Those two games, the, the top four games, will be very, very interesting because that will pretty much cement the. Uh, the home semi-finals. Oh, well, we'll be here again. Phil back in Manchester. JB dreaming of uh, Marbella. Mobs, and, no cops, and, four mobs. And meeting up with Saracens maybe again. But we'll have plenty <laughs> of rugby to talk about. And at Rugby Podcast is where you can find us on Twitter, on the ACAST app, if you want to go back and have a look at that picture of JB on his stag do, mostly naked, um, as punishment <laughs> for his phone etiquette. Uh, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. And we will see you again. Nice one, Phil. Cheers, Tim. Nice one, JB. Thank you, Tim. 